I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Republic for which it stands, under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all coming and it's not going to be pretty it's great to have storable food but when that runs out what are you going to do your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food so i've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years and off the bat almost all seed companies are the same as long as they're non-gmo heirloom yada yada but it's the following years that really concern me so I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds, is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says, your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So Go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT, and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT, saves you 10%. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask. Refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. 
and we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate, and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm. So they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore. And then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died? Or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? It is the music of a people who will not be slaves again. 
When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, there is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me? Beyond the barricade, is there a world you long to see? Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song? for a militia. Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.
Welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, my much better beloved better half. V-Lynn. Hello, Patriots. What's up, fuckers? Uh, yeah. Loaded news day today. Yes, Because it it's all sabotage. I literally spent all morning screen recording clips. It's all sabotage. I have a ton of them. And... Even some of the ones we didn't get to last night? Yeah. Yeah. And I have... I had a... Woo. I had an interesting day today. Interesting. I did. Well, I uh, Interest us away. Huh? Interest us away. Well, I'll get to it later, but um, I had a conversation last night that was rather disturbing. Calgon, take me away. Something like that. Wow. Well, Literally. you said it was Church Wednesday, so. It is. And we, we named the episode Sabotage. And that was before I even had this conversation. Okay. Well, this is interesting because uh, you, you brought the name up, Sabotage. First thing this morning I texted you, I was like, we're naming, this, we're naming tonight Sabotage. So you do realize where the name comes from, right? Hmm. Sabotage. Hmm. Sabo comes from the Japanese. It used to be the slipper, the wooden slipper that they wore. And uh, in a rebellion against the British, the Japanese used to take their sabos, their sandals, their mm -hmm. wooden sandals that they used and put them in the uh, wheel wells of the water fountains. And it would crush all the wood in the middle of it. Oh. And the British quickly attached that with Taj and it became known as Sabotage. Excellent. All right. Hmm. Hmm. Craziness. Well, I told y'all while we were in Jamaica and when we got back from Jamaica that the lines would be drawn soon and everyone would have to choose a side. Yeah. And that line has been drawn and everyone has to choose a side. Where's the line been drawn? The line was drawn a long time ago, actually, but now it's coming to the forefront huh. with the children. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Always been about the kids. It's always been about the kids from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Craziness. But before I, and I'll, I'll talk about my conversation a little bit later, but I want to pose a question to y'all and I, I don't want you to answer it right off the bat. I want you to think about it. Okay. If y'all had the opportunity, the choice, if America was mostly destroyed, if the world was mostly destroyed, and all the evil was gone. Would you have the wherewithal to rebuild? Or would you want to give up? Would you let humanity die? Let God call the earth, let it lay dormant for a thousand years before he starts again? Or would you want the opportunity to rebuild for something better? So you're talking Serious about question. proverbial second and third chances, if it were. And anything anything fewer than 180 million people would make it almost impossible. So are there 180 million good people left on this planet? <sighs> oh, I, uh, that's, I, I don't know. I'm beginning to wonder. I am too. I, I, I watch the news every day. You won't, you know how much news I watch. I, I consume more media than 90% of you. It's just because you guys are sick of it. And I know why I get it because every time you turn on the fucking news, you hear something else. that's just 
absolutely stupid and retarded. And it doesn't matter whether you turn on Fox or CNN. So for all those flaming left-wing liberals out there, oh, well, you guys just watch OAN and Newsmax and Fox News. No, I don't. I don't like any one of those, actually. I think those are too far right. They scare the shit on me on, on the other side, and you got CNN, NBC, and CBS, and ABC scaring me, the, scaring the shit out of me on the other side. Mm-hmm. The shit is, either side is scary because I keep hearing the right side saying, well, we must act now. We must prosecute. Yes, we must. You must. You must prosecute those that are guilty. It's when you start going off half-assed willy-nilly, throwing free people legitimately not guilty people in jail and you start killing them that you've gone way too far right. And this is, this is where we find ourselves where it's really a conundrum because right now our political battle lines and our religious battle lines, if you will, have become so swayed. So like they're so wish washed intermingled If you don't believe a certain way, you're not allowed into a certain religious group. And I can tell you as a Catholic, that's true. Because I don't believe like other Catholics do. Hmm. I believe very, uh, I'm very hard right in the Catholic world. And they don't like that because I believe that there is a right and wrong. The world is broken up black and white. If you can go back to the creation of just a human, let's just start with a human. So I obviously made produced two children with this lovely lady. Mm-hmm. And at no time was she partially pregnant. She was either pregnant or she wasn't pregnant. Mm-hmm. One of the two. There's no in between. You can't be half pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. It's just like everything else in this world. It's all very black and white. Humans add the gray area. Humans add the questionable area the chains well no because we were allotted by god free will and that is the gray area free will will dictate chains chains of religion chains of bondage politics change of time yep time is a creation of man not of god nope we are the only way that we can truly be free is to break all of those chains and they're not physical chains. They're mental chains. They're chaining your soul. And everybody says, well, everybody says, well, wait a minute. No, 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 That's not true because we pay our mortgage. We pay our taxes. Chains. We pay, we pay for things though. We get fire service out of it. Slavery. In after the end of the war in 1776, Okay. After the British up and fled and went back to Britain. Okay. There was about three years in this country where it was weird. They didn't have fire departments. They didn't have police departments yet all over the country. The American people govern themselves. All they asked is to be left the fuck alone. Why can't we go back to that? What is the issue with let us handle our own business? I think we're all old enough and mature enough to handle our shit. No. What do you mean? No, that's a chain. No, I don't think people are mature enough to handle their own shit. They've proven that they're not. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. They're, 
True. I, I the remnant should be allowed to handle their own shit. I agree. Leave us the fuck alone. And uh, honestly, we are generally left alone. If you think about it. Well, it's true because I piss everybody off and nobody likes to no, be around me. So I, it's cool. I, if you think, I'm an asshole. How many people are in jail right now where? What? We, we hold the what the world's incarceration rate. No, I mean, like, how many January Sixers are in jail right now? Oh, what, 30, what, 39, 40? Something like that. Something like that. Yep. And yet they haven't even come talk to us, but they featured me in their movie. Mm-hmm. And your point is? I think some of the remnant are protected. Hmm. Odd. Good point, though. Or maybe those people got requests from DC that were supposed to come interview you. <laughs> they knew who I was and they <laughs> said, yeah, no, not bear. We're not, no. we're going to let this one go. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. This is one you want to let go Yeah, because this will start the civil war. If you don't, he's got enough. Trust me. I know. I, 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 I often wonder if that is also the case too. Well, cause they wouldn't tell me if that were the case because then they'd be like, well, I can't say that because they know he's going to think I'm a pussy. <laughs> they are. <laughs> a couple of them are. Oh, well. So where are we kicking this off at? Because yeah. I was really hoping that the, uh, we were going to kick off with a little Chris Ray. You want to start with Chris Ray? Yeah, because that was epic today. If you guys didn't watch what happened to Chris Ray today, um, we were definitely led array, as I said in my, um, gold pill post, because we were, he, he went on there. He looked like an, it, he confirmed what I have always thought. This is the anti, anti communist thought. That's all this has been. What do you mean by the anti, anti communist thought? So think about this. I, and I, I used to, we joked about it way back in the beginning. If Trump just shut his mouth and said that he loved the jab, they would have hated it. If Trump just said that he loved, he loved um, not giving tax breaks, they'd give tons of them. Mm -hmm. um, if, if, if Trump turned around and played psychological warfare with these fuckers the first time that he was in office, he would have gotten a lot more done. But he tried to play their games and he lost this whole thing with Ray. This is showing that in epic style, they tore him apart today in Congress. Epically. It really was. It was very well done. It really was. The questioning was on par. They went after every question and they did not let Ray move. And I think that was telltale of everything I needed to see today and everything any other American needed to see today. This is epic to a point that it almost becomes cringeworthy for Ray. Like, what are you going to say, Ray? Because you have nothing to say here. Check this out, though. This is weird, but enjoy it because it is fun. Okay. Well, we'll start with the, the January 6th questions to Ray since we were just talking about that. Individuals were either FBI uh, employees or people that the FBI had made contact with were in the January 6th uh, entry of the Capitol and surrounding area. So I, I really need to be- Sorry, we're gonna pause this real quick. I had a friend of mine, um, a staffer buddy of mine, who was up on the Hill today. He was in this hearing. He said that there was standing room only. 
He said there were more civilians that he had ever seen before in a hearing room on the Hill. And he said, I don't know if it's your people or the other side. I don't know who is there, but I can tell you right now, I have not seen a hearing room in Capitol Hill packed as much as it was today. And that's normally very rare. Just to give you an idea, these galleries, they can hold up to 400 people. That speaks volumes. Yeah. Especially in D.C. Yeah. Yeah. On a, uh, on a fucking two, Wednesday? Wednesday. In July? Wednesday, yeah. In July? No shit. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, this is odd. If you yeah. have a packed room like this, no. Ben said he's seen videos of mass people outside to all demanding his arrest. Yeah, I saw that too. Interesting. Saw the same videos. Right. They had a big, uh, what is it, a protest. We'll, we'll let him uh, prevaricate here. Sure. Be careful here talking about uh, where we have or have not used confidential human sources. Was there one or more? Was there one or more individuals that would fit that description on January 6th that were in or around the Capitol? I, I believe there is a uh, a filing in one of the January 6th cases that can provide a little more information about this, and I'm happy to see if we can follow back up with you. I, I just want that. an yeah. answer. Was there one or more? I mean, you would know if there was at least one individual who worked for the FBI. Who, who entered the Capitol on that day? Uh, I can't, again, I just can't speak to that here, but I'm happy to get the court filing well, that- Look, it's been two years, and you're now, you're now come before us. The gentleman asks these questions, makes all kinds of insinuations, and you, you nod your head yes, and then I ask you simply, was there one or more? And you won't answer that. So I'm going to make the assumption that there was more than one, more than five, more than 10, and that you're ducking uh, the, the question because you don't want to answer for the fact that you had at least one and somehow missed understanding that some of the individuals were very dangerous and that there were others inciting individuals to enter the Capitol after others broke windows. So I'm just going to move on. How many individuals were either... I wish he didn't move on. That was one I wish he kind of kept hammering him about because that is something that everybody's asking the same question about. How many people out there were federal agents? Yep. How many people out there? Remember, 6.7 million people showed up to the Capitol on January 6th. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. 6.7 million people showed up to the Capitol on January 6th. They'll never tell you that number. Not even Republicans want to tell you that number because nope. they don't want to know how many people showed up for Trump on January 6th. And think that normally they say when people show up to a rally, each one of those people represents 10 people. Mm -hmm. There's not 670 million people in the United States. No, but it tells you that there was a lot more people that voted yep. for Donald Trump than they did vote for fucking Joe Biden. You got it. Guarantee that one. All right. Uh, Eddie, we started, we watched some of that last night. It was, um, don't worry about it. We're, we're, we're catching up from last night too, because we didn't have any videos that work last night yep. and I got the right one on. I can't get yelled at tonight. Correct. Correct. Anyway, move on. Get a harpoon in the bag before I leave. Ray, did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers? You have the time to me. Did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers' debit and credit card purchase history in the Washington, D.C. area for January 5th and 6th, 2021? Uh, I don't know the answer to that as I sit here right now. Well, we do, because Bank of America gave us this email from the FBI to Bank of America. Well, 
I am aware that Bank of America provided information to the FBI, but what communications occurred between the FBI and Bank of America about it? Let's read it. To recap our morning call, are you, we are prepared to action the following threshold. Customers transacting debit card, credit card, Washington, D.C. purchases between 1521-1621. That's scary enough. But then the next bullet point's even more scary. Any, any historical, capital letters, all capitals, any historical purchase of a firearm. You guys asked financial, it's the least Bank of America. We think more. Did you guys ask him? Again, I don't have the full sequence of the back and forth. You've got one, looks like you've got one email that I haven't seen before here. Um, so I don't know that I have the full exchange that this well, is. Well, does this email trouble of. you as much as it does members of the Judiciary Committee? That the FBI is asking for every single, I mean, we had members of Congress here that week, first time they're getting sworn in as a new member of Congress, their family in town, and you're sweeping, and they may happen to be a customer of Bank of America, and you're sweeping up every debit and credit card purchase of their family who were in town that week because their, their husband or their dad or their mom is getting sworn in as a new member of Congress? And then you're also saying, overlaying that information with, did, you, did this person buy a firearm? And the question is? I'm just nervous about that. Are you nervous about that? As, as I think I've testified before, my understanding is that our engagement with Bank of America uh, was fully lawful, but that we recalled the leads that were cut to field well, If it's offices. lawful, that's, that was my next point. If it's yeah. lawful, why did you say we're not going to use these leads? That's what Mr. Jensen testified to when we deposed him, the director of the terrorism unit at, at, at the FBI. That's what he testified. Why did, you, why did you not use the lead to get the information? Well, there are Chairman, plenty of, it's one minute and 18 seconds over time. There, there are, sir, there are plenty of times where there are things that we lawfully can do, but that we decide is better that we not do. And yeah. I think that's what the happened. The idea there. that Mr. Massey said earlier, that, I, that this is lawful, that you can ask this is scary. This is something else we're going to have to change. Uh, with that, I would yield to the gentlelady from, recognize the gentlelady from, excuse me, for, uh, well, we got a unanimous consent request from Mr. Moore. Mr. Chairman, yes, the Wall Street Journal article I'd like to enter into the record says, Republicans eye sweet home for new FBI headquarters in Alabama. All right, uh, without objection, uh, the chair now recognizes the gentlelady for Texas for five minutes, and then we'll take a break, uh, break uh, direct. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a break. Look, first of all, it wasn't just Bank of America, folks. Nope. It was USAA as well. I got an email from USAA about two years ago right after about three months after january 6th yep we got an email that said that hey the federal bureau of investigation has requested your bank records concerning uh your purchases and where you were on january 6th i said yeah go ahead take them i don't give a fuck and they went back and yeah they saw firearm purchases that's why we're kind of sitting here going wait a minute because you know me i buy guns it's just something happens happens every day it's not a thing that's not nothing new to her. Hmm. Come home with a new gun. She's like, okay. But again, this is, again, that's a little trimming. Here's the constitution. Let's just cut the corner off here. Cause now I can go in and look at your bank records and find out that you bought a gun. Not only did you buy a gun, but you were also at January 6th. One and has nothing to do with the other. This is such a breach of our individual rights as Americans. And somebody commented the other night, you know, I like to, I, well, I got an email from one of you guys. I, I like to give your information out. I love to, this person said that they love to share our show out and whatnot. 
But the comment that she always gets back is, why does he yell so much? <laughs> why do I yell so much? Because I don't understand why I am the only, it, some days it feels like I am the only one getting worked up about this shit. These are our rights. These are the things that I swore to defend. These are the things that I took and said, you know what? For you all, I will bear that weight. I'll get shot at. I'll get blown up. Whatever happens to me happens to me. This is the blank check. This is what I swore to defend. And then I come home after fighting for 21 years. I come home to find out that Americans just don't give a shit about their rights anymore. They're happy with living with their heads in the sand. And yes, it, it drives me absolutely fucking crazy. Cause what the fuck was I just doing? What did I lose all my friends for? What did all those people die for? They died for your rights. That you squandered. That we're just giving up freely that we don't have a problem with that. We don't stop and say, yes, you can do it. But should you do it? That is the question. It's not a whether or not you can or can't do something, but should you do it? It's, it's one thing to say, you know what? I can look at all of Elin's text messages because I know her code to her phone. But it's not about if I can do it. Should I do it? Is that a breach of her privacy and her phone? Absolutely. As it would be to me if she went in my phone and looked at my text messages, not that I got anything to hide, but if I did, that would still be a breach of my privacy. This is the same thing. We're just giving it up. We don't give a shit. For instance, USAA asked if I had an issue with it. I said, yes, I do. They didn't give a shit. They turned my records over anyway. I could sue the fuck out of them for doing that because those are my records. That's my personal information. Hmm. But it's a federal savings bank. And when you sign that user agreement at the beginning, the very beginning. Yep. They let you know right off the bat that anything the government requests, it will be turned over to the government with twist haste, yep. as they call it in the legal realm. You got it. Which means as soon as possible, they will turn that shit over. So, you know, yes, I get worked up. I get angry because I think this is bullshit. We are giving up our basic sovereign rights that God endowed to us. God endowed to us. He gave it to us. The forefathers made sure that it said that God endowed these rights to us. But yet we're just giving up these rights like they're nothing. I, I'm confused. I don't understand. Where did we go wrong? How do we get people fired up about their rights? You have rights. You're, Amer you're an American citizen. You carry around a blue passport. Everybody in the world wants your passport. You want to know why? Because you're from the United States of America. It means you're free. Hmm. Supposed to be. No, we're not, though. Hmm. All right. And, and this is our Gustavo. This is the Gustavo for America. This is the FBI. These are the door kickers. These are the guys that are looking for all of you, for all of us. These are the guys. And you know what? It's not these guys either. That's the bad part. The guys that are on the ground doing the job, they're not like this douchebag. This douchebag just doesn't give a shit because he's politically motivated and he's looking to put political adversaries in jail. That's it. That's the end all be all. Y'all are savage. Good job. All right, Matt Gase is savage too. Many illegal FISA 
queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the inspector general? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, actually, that's a, com a correct characterization of the inspector general's uh, oh, well, findings on well, that. Well, the internet but, will remind you of I, that in moments. But, but let, let's now go to uh, what the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. Would, would, do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like a number you should know. How many times the FBI is breaking the law under your watch? How many? And, and that is, he is so right on with that ending. It should be something he knows. How many times has the FBI broken the law under your watch? Exactly. They More don't care. To admit to for sure. He doesn't care. That's where the problem is. They don't give a shit. This does not matter to Christopher Ray or the current administration that's in the fucking White House. No, nope. period. This does not mean anything to them. They would use this as toilet paper and be happy with it. I mean, I was going to say Joe's probably mad that he ran out of copies to use his ass white paper, but hey, because, you know, regular toilet paper is full of uh, forever chemicals, but it's all good. I was thinking about doing what that dude, why we watch that dude do on Instagram. What's that? With the chili. <laughs> not to me you won't no joe you know how much fun that would be to oh do that to god. joe biden oh my god okay joe or joe either one just a videotape the sounds that come out of that bathroom afterwards would be hysterical <sighs> all right here with my father i will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. But I'm sitting here with my father. God bless Matt Gates. That was outstanding. That interaction right there tells you everything you need to know about Chris Ray. He's a spineless piece of shit worm that fucking slithers around like a little rat fuck that he is with little teeth. <laughs> running around the goddamn fucking camp up there going nuts, doing his shit taking out all of Joe's adversaries. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, he's taking out Joe's at Trump. Anybody that comes in Joe's way, the FBI goes after, look at it. All you got to do is look at it. My favorite is they asked him about Mar-a-Lago. Do you have that clip? I do not. I didn't see that one. Oh, you didn't get the Mar-a-Lago. No, clip. I didn't see that one. Jim Jordan asked him about Mar-a-Lago. Interesting. What do you say? Nothing. Said, where is all the documents that were supposedly at President Trump's house? Hmm. There were none. Weird. They didn't take anything, according to Wait, what Chris what? Ray said. He said they didn't take, but I thought they had boxes of classified I, documents. I thought they did, They too. spread them out on the freaking ballroom floor of Mar-a-Lago and took pictures of them. No, those were just cover sheets. Yeah, Come I know. Come on, babe. I know.
There were no classified documents. Of course there, there. weren't. Come on. So that was that was just all a big sigh up. Just it was that's all it was. Yeah. But you know what he's being indicted for hmm. is for the paperwork. I, I found out exactly the paperwork in the boxes, the ones that they listed in the indictment. Oh, yeah. They federally indicted him with. Yeah. That he showed up in Miami for. Yeah. Yeah. Crossfire hurricane. An investigation that was not even started by his presidency. It was started by Obama. Yeah. The paperwork that he declassified on January 19th, 2021, when he was still in office. Yeah. And he announced it, that he declassified all of it. Yep. So they can't indict him over that because he announced it publicly. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. They of course it doesn't it's matter. It's all over Crossfire Hurricane because they can't get the paperwork back because he has all the copies. Because I told you, and what did I tell you? Stuff on Iran what did I couldn't find it? What did I tell you? They were looking at for when they went to Mar-a-Lago. Mm -hmm. They were looking for the Crossfire Hurricane documents. Why? Because Crossfire Hurricane lays out that Obama was involved, yep. Hillary Clinton was involved, yep. that they used all of this to go after Trump. So what were they looking for when they went into Mar-a-Lago? They were looking exactly for the that. Crossfire Hurricane documents, and what couldn't they find? The Crossfire Hurricane documents. Why? Because Donald Trump's not an idiot. He moved them well before. Oh, yeah. They were never there in the first place. I don't think they ever were. No, absolutely not. <sighs> All right. Uh, Massey went after uh, Ray, too. It was fun. Director Stephen Duantuano, Chairman Jordan and I sent you a letter a month ago. Some of the information that we found in that interview was that phone data that could have helped to identify the pipe bomber was corrupted, was unusable. Uh, he also wasn't sure who found or how the second bomb was found at the DNC. Do you know how the second bomb was found at the DNC? And, and when do you plan on answering our letter? Well, as to the letter, I, I will uh, work with the department to make sure we can figure out what information we can provide. As you know, this is a very active, ongoing investigation, and there are some restrictions on that. But we, yes, will we can handle classified information, yes. and we fund your department, and so you need to provide that. It's not, respectfully, it's not an issue of classification. It's an issue of commenting on ongoing criminal investigations, which is something that by longstanding department policy, we are restricted in doing. And in fact, the last administration actually strengthened those policies partly That's because- That's not our policy though, and we fund you. So let's move on. I could, do you know how the second pipe bomb- do you, Can you tell us how the second pipe bomb was found at the DNC? I, again, I'm not gonna get into that here. 900 days ago, is when this happened and you said you had total confidence we'd apprehend the subject interview wow thomas massey was not holding back he just said "Fuck you look we fund your fucking department guess what give, give us, us the goddamn fucking information yep that is woo i uh hey that brought some heat i like that i like that but why aren't we doing that every day why is he allowed to go back and not appear back in front of Congress and nothing happens and nothing happens. Why, nothing why happens. is it that it just gets wiped under the rug just because he appeared today? What about tomorrow? What about six weeks from now? How can we trust? Remember, this is the understand what the FBI does. The FBI certifies all of the other police departments in the country. Okay. Let me, let me make sure you understand this properly. The FBI certifies all of your local police departments. The only thing it doesn't certify is sheriff's departments. Why? Because they're elected. Sheriffs are elected. Yep. That's exactly why. So 
all your local police departments, if you live in a town with a police department, guess what? That's been certified by the FBI. Mm. What does that mean? Well, that means that they're required to assist the FBI whenever this the FBI asks. That includes going after you. Mm-hmm. Do you see why this is bad? Really bad on a, forget a wholesale level. Let's just go a constitutional level. Let's just keep it basic with, with a document we all agree on. Constitutionally, they're the highest law enforcement body in the land that's been breaking the law for the last three years. Longer than that, we just found out about it. Well, we know about the last three years. We're starting to find out about the shit before. Mm-hmm. This is the highest law enforcement. They should be beyond reproach. They should be the ones that we go to when the fucking elections are fucked up. And we say, we want an investigation. They should be the ones doing it. I'll never trust those fuck sticks again. Never. I And I got a lot of friends and I love them to death. And they're some of my very good friends. They are great FBI agents. They are great investigators. Unfortunately, they work for that fucked up puzzle palace in D.C. And if they had another job, they'd be doing it. I guarantee it. Hmm. All right. Well, let's move on. Needless to say, the the injunction itself is a subject of ongoing litigation, uh, and so I'll I'll decline to comment further on it. Let me tell you what the court concluded, because it it should be the first thing you think about every morning and the last thing you think about at night. They said that, quote, the court found, apparently the FBI engaged in a massive effort to suppress disfavored conservative speech and blatantly ignored the First Amendment's right to free speech. The evidence shows the FBI threatened adverse consequences to social media companies that they did not comply with its censorship request. The court found that, quote, this seemingly unrelenting pressure by the FBI and the other defendants had the intended result of suppressing millions of protected free speech postings by American citizens. As a result, the court states, for example, millions of citizens did not hear about the Hunter Biden laptop story prior to the November 3rd, 2020 election. Page four of the court ruling lists some of the important subjects that the Biden administration and the FBI forced the social media uh, platforms to suppress. The evidence shows you, your agency, the people that directly report to you, suppressed conservative-leaning free speech about topics like the laptop, the lab leak theory of COVID-19's origin, the effectiveness of masks and COVID-19 lockdowns and vaccines, speech about election integrity in the 2020 presidential election, security of voting by mail. Even- I, I have a stupid question. Yeah. All the things that he just listed. Mm-hmm. Where, where does that obfuscate the criminal realm? Where does that breach into the criminal realm? Why would the FBI be contacting social media platforms to take down speech about COVID vaccines, COVID vaccines, Russian disinformation? um, Because they're covering stuff up. They're the the Gestapo. That is is the SS. Yep. That is the SS. That is the definition of the SS. That's what the SS did in 36. Yeah. Just to give you an idea. Oh, yeah. Been parody about the president himself, negative posts about the economy. The FBI made the social media platforms pull that information off the Internet if it came from conservative sources. They, they did this under the guise that it was disinformation. Can you, can you define what disinformation is? Listen to what he said. Listen to what he just said right there. Under the guise of disinformation, they were ordered. Social media was ordered 
by the FBI, not by the White House, by the FBI to remove posts from social media that were concerning COVID disinformation, Russian disinformation, any Republican slanted post. I'm sorry, conservatives, conservative slanted post. Yep. That is tyranny. Thousand percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Thousand percent is right. Tyranny. What I can tell you is that our focus is not on disinformation, broadly speaking. Well, wait a minute. Yes, it is. Wait a minute. Can I answer the question? You can in a minute. Your star witness said in the litigation, Elvis Chan, who's in charge of this, said they do it on the basis of disinformation. We We need a definition of what that is. Our focus is on malign foreign disinformation, that is, foreign hostile actors who engage in covert efforts to Mr. abuse Ray, Mr. our social media platforms, which is something that is not seriously in dispute. I have to stop phenomenon. you for time. That's not accurate. You need to read this court opinion because you're in charge of enforcing it. The court has found that, and Elvis Chan testified under oath in charge of this for you. He said 50%. He had a 50% success rate in having alleged election disinformation taken down or censored. That, that wasn't just foreign adversaries, sir. That was American citizens. How do you answer for that? Well, first off, I'm not sure that's a correct characterization. Comes right out of the opinion. You should read what it. I, of, of his testimony. But what I would say is the FBI is not in the business of moderating content or causing any social media company to suppress or censor. That is not what the court has found. What I would also say is among the things that you listed off, I find ironic the reference to the lab leak theory, the idea that the FBI would somehow be involved in suppressing references to the lab leak theory is somewhat absurd when you consider the fact that the FBI was the only, the only agency in the entire intelligence community to reach the assessment that it was more likely than not that that was the explanation but your for the agents, pandemic. But your agents pulled it off the internet, sir. That's what the evidence in the court has found. And that is exactly the point, John. That is not your job. That is not your fucking job. Your job is not to fucking police speech. That's what the Nazis did in 36. Your job is to uphold the laws of this land in the Constitution given to you by God. Same one that was given to me. Same one that was given to everybody else here. Your job is defending this and ensuring that these laws, these rights given to us by God are taken fully and adhered to, to the letter. You apparently lost your way there, director. It's about time you go to jail because you have fucked over so many Americans in the process of your current job. You need to go to jail. You need to spend some time in the clink because your bitch ass has violated more civil rights than anybody else in history. And you did it with a stroke of a pen. You didn't need an army. You just needed a pet. You piece of shit. Well, let's learn a little bit more about Missouri versus Biden before we get to the last Ray clip. What you guys have uncovered here is the worst, most systemic and obvious violations of both the letter and intent of the First Amendment in the history of the country. Unequivocally, yes. 
These are the worst First Amendment violations in this nation's history. And that's why this case is so important. The left wants to characterize this as like, oh, you've actually you've, you've hurt society, you've hurt our democratic republic because now the federal government can't coordinate with big tech social media. That's not what it says. It says that they can't suppress core political speech. And look at this. In May, on May 26th, when we went to court, the judge caught on to what was going on here and asked the Department of Justice, give me one example where you've ever silenced anyone that agreed with Joe Biden. Give me one example where your, your censorship went beyond just conservative voices. They couldn't do it because they're only targeting political opposition to Joe Biden. That's what makes this so dangerous. The whole idea behind the First Amendment is that it creates an uninhibited marketplace of ideas, uninhibited from government censorship. The idea is to invite dissent and discussion so that the people can come to what is and isn't true based on our own consensus, not based on what the government is spoon-feeding us. Is it possible that what you guys have... Got to agree with that. That is accurate. And that was the uh, the U.S. the Attorney General from Missouri on the phone. That's, that's Listen, the the point is the is it it comes back to free speech. It's all about free speech. Look, we're allowed in this country. We're allowed to dissent. We're allowed to bang on the government. We're allowed to do what we're doing right here. Kind of the point of America. If you don't have that, you don't have the tenth man, like like the Jews believe. They believe they need a they need the tenth man. They've got nine people that decide the the course of the country. There's the tenth man. There's the one guy that sits out there that says he can go either way. It's up to him. It's it doesn't. No, he always goes the opposite or way the opposite of what, direction of, of what, whatever the group is doing. Yep. So it's kind of the same thing. We got to kind of figure that out for ourselves now because we have a tenth man that's acting on behalf of the government, and we as a people are letting it happen. We're at, we're at as much fault as everybody else, if not more, because we're letting this happen. Mm. We're not doing anything to stop this. We're letting our rights be trampled. They were put there for a reason. The government cannot do this. We, the only people that are going to save us is us. Yeah. We, the people have to stand up. If we don't, that's where we're fucked. All of humanity will be destroyed. Just I, I it's where we're I don't fucked. Say that lightly. It, it's where we're fucked because we have the good people can no longer sit quiet in the corner. No, it's about time that then we sound off and start screaming at the top of our lungs. Hey, look, we're not Karens. We're trying to save this republic. We want to salvage this republic because there's something good here. We've been dealing with it for years. The problem is it's become so fucking corrupt and disgusting. It looks nothing like it did 20 years ago. And our parents are too old. They don't want to do anything about it. It's up to us. It's our generation's problem. We have to figure this out. If we don't, we're fucked. Yep. Period. All right. Here's the last Ray clip found that 37% of Americans have a positive view of the FBI. And that's from an NBC poll. I wouldn't exactly call that uh, right media propaganda. And I think I know why. Here's what the American people know and believe about the FBI today, sir. If you are a Trump, you'll be prosecuted. If you are a Biden, you'll be protected. And the American people that I represent are sick and tired of this double standard. 
it seems like every single hearing that we have in this room, we talk about the two-tiered justice system of Biden's DOJ and the FBI. And as we were talking earlier, here we are again. President Trump endured an unprecedented raid at his home in Mar-a-Lago. President Biden's home, however, was respectfully browsed. President Trump is facing up to 400 years in federal prison for allegedly being in possession of classified documents he obtained as the commander-in-chief of these United States of America. And meanwhile, President Biden is facing no charges for the classified documents he had held at his time as a senator and a vice president, not the president of these United States of America. And last I checked, he had no legal authority to declassify those documents. Assuming President Trump was in possession of said classified documents, would those documents be more secure, surrounded by Secret Service at Mar-a-Lago, or in a box, in a garage, behind your Corvette? You know the answer to that question. Question for you, sir. What can you tell us about the status of the FBI's investigation of President Biden's classified documents found next to his Corvette in Delaware and those found at the Penn Biden Center? Do we have an update on that, sir? What I can tell you is that there is an ongoing special counsel investigation led by Mr. Robert Herr, uh, and we have FBI agents uh, affiliated with it, working on it, working very actively and aggressively with him on that case. Um, I obviously disagree with your description of the two standards. In my view, we, at least under my watch, we have one standard, uh, and that is we're going to pursue the facts wherever they lead, no matter who likes it. And I add that last part because especially in sensitive investigations, Mm -hmm. Almost by definition, somebody's not going to like it. So I understand, and that's actually why I led with the sentiment of the American people. I understand that, that and, that's and your so, sentiment. So Let me, I, I do want to finish this. So, so I want everybody to talk about this dichotomy that we have seen. I, I, I get your point, sir, but that's just not what we see as the public, as we the people. We see one case being fast-tracked and one case being slow-walked. We see one president's home being raided, the other president's home being kindly searched. You have one government agency the Secret Service, protecting the former president and his home, and another government agency, the FBI, raiding the same home. Now, to me, sir, that's tragically ironic. And we expect more from a functional constitutional republic, and these things shouldn't be happening. Now, it's my opinion that Joe Biden is the most unpopular president we have seen in a century, and that's why he knows the only way to stop President Trump from beating him in November is by putting him in jail. You talked about this, Mr. Fry. In the 247 years of this existence of this great nation, only one president has ever been indicted by the DOJ and has home raided by the FBI. Now, some have said that President Trump's indictment means that no one is above the law. Okay, all right, I would love to see that. But what about Hillary Clinton? And what about Joe Biden? And what about Hunter Biden, who is America's favorite son? Let me tell you something. I got a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old daughter at my house. Hunter Biden, to me, is like glitter. He is on everything, and you cannot get rid of him. And yet nothing is going to be done about this. We're sick of it. (laughs) James Comey decided not to prosecute Hillary Clinton despite over... Hold on. First of all, who the fuck is this guy? I don't know. I love I this guy. I love him. He's this guy is hysterical. outstanding. Holy shit. Uh, let him go. Let him go. I just, I, we, I, we got to figure out. evidence that she committed crimes. 
And as I recall, it was the position of the FBI to not prosecute because they didn't want to interfere with the presidential election. What do you call this? The Iowa caucuses are in six months. Six months. That's uh, Representative Wesley Hunt from Texas. I like. I think the American public would expect to see this from Cuba and from Venezuela and from Russia and from China, but not here. The people expect us to have blind justice. They expect equal justice under the law. It is not the job of the DOJ or the FBI to prosecute Joe Biden's top political opponent who was leading in every single primary poll, and the Iowa caucuses are in six months. Let the people decide. It's our job to uphold the Constitution. As a West Point grad and military veteran, this is the Constitution I give my life to protect, and I expect us all to uphold it likewise. Thank you so much for being here. Mr. And that's why you liked him. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, before no, no. Before you even knew it. No, no, he was. Because you could tell even before he said he was a veteran and that he. Well, I saw his little, he had his, he had his, he, he has, he had his cab. Protect the Constitution. He had his combat action badge. It wasn't Fine. a combat infantryman's badge, but, but he had his little combat action badge. I saw that. I figured he was a veteran, but I liked what he was saying. Yeah. What he was going after Ray for was about like. Hey, the double standard in justice. Hey, why is why is the Bidens not getting looked at? But Donald Trump has already got a, an arraignment date. Where's Biden's arraignment date? Where the fuck is Biden's arraignment date? Why didn't Biden get an arraignment date yet? Why did only Trump get it? Why did Trump get house get searched? Why didn't Biden's was a peruse? Mm -hmm. The FBI was allowed to peruse the ground. Yes. All right. This is a long clip. But it's going to go really fast because holy shit, there's so much information in here. Y'all need to get your notebooks out, sit down and pay attention. Uh, I'm telling you right now, this is Max Blumenthal. Ah, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Seriously? No, you got to This has got to play. I, it will. I've seen this today and this it, is good. It will. Hold on. This let's, really let's good. try it again. There we go. There you go. Thank you. And I thank uh, Alex Rubenstein and Wyatt Reed for helping me prepare this address. Wyatt Reed is a journalistic colleague of mine who in October 2022 happened to be in Donetsk when his hotel was shelled by the Ukrainian military with a apparently U.S.-made howitzer nearly killing him. He was 100 meters away. I'm also here with my friend, the civil rights activist Randy Credico, who is more recently in Donetsk and witnessed regular HIMARS attacks on civilian targets. I am here not only as a journalist who spent over 20 years writing books, doing, pr producing documentaries, and writing articles about conflict and politics from several continents. I'm also here as an American taxpayer who's been dragooned into funding a proxy war that has become a threat to the regional and international stability at the expense of my countrymen and women. This June, just June 28th, as emergency crews worked to clean up yet another toxic train derailment in the United States, this time on the Montana River, further exposing our nation's chronically underfunded infrastructure and its threats to our health, 
the Pentagon announced plans to send an additional $500 million worth of military aid to Ukraine. The development came as Ukraine's army enters the third week of a vaunted counteroffensive that CNN describes as, quote, not meeting expectations, and which even Vladimir Zelensky says is going slower than desired. As Ukraine's military failed to breach Russia's primary defense line, CNN reported on June 12th that Kiev had lost, quote, lost 16 U.S.-made armored vehicles sent to the country. So what did the Pentagon do? It simply passed that bill down to average U.S. taxpayers like myself, charging us another $325 million to replace Ukraine's squandered military stock. There was zero effort to consult the U.S. public's position on the matter, and the vast majority of Americans likely did not even know the exchange took place. This policy that I'm describing to you, which sees Washington prioritize unrestrained funding for a proxy war with a nuclear power in a foreign land where our while our domestic infrastructure falls apart before our eyes, exposes a disturbing dynamic at the heart of the Ukraine conflict, an international Ponzi scheme that enables Western elites to seize hard-earned wealth from the hands of average U.S. citizens and funnel it into the coffers of a foreign government that even Transparency International ranks as consistently one of the most corrupt in Europe. The U.S. government has yet to conduct an official audit of its funding for Ukraine. The American public has no idea where their tax dollars are going. And that's why this week, we at the Gray Zone published an independent audit of U.S. Tox tax dollar allocation to Ukraine throughout the fiscal years 2022 and 23. Our investigation was led by Heather Kaiser, a former military intelligence officer who served in Iraq and Afghanistan. We found, among many bizarre payments, a 400... Now, let me, um, let me tempest, uh, temper, tempest, temper some of this a little bit, okay? Um, Max Blumenthal just so you're all aware, he is not who you think he is. He is not some hardcore Republican. He's not some hardcore right-wing superhero. No, he's a hardcore left-wing superhero. He used to report for Al Jazeera. He used to report for um, BBC. He used to report for a number of liberal news organizations. He is not a Republican. He's not even, a, I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even fair to say that he's a constitutionalist. He's, he's an actual Democrat, mm. but he's a Democrat that's apparently seen the matrix because when you hear what this guy says during this interview. Well, then let him talk. Why do you interrupt? Well, because nobody, everybody was asking who he was. I don't see anyone asking who he was. There was people asking. Okay. Relax. $4.5 million payment from the U.S. Social Security Administration to the Kiev government. We found $4.5 billion worth of payments from the U.S. Agency for International Development to pay off Ukraine's sovereign debt, much of what is, which is owned by the global investment firm BlackRock. That amounts to $30 taken from every U.S. citizen at a time when 4 in 10 Americans cannot afford a $400 emergency. We found tax dollars earmarked for Ukraine, padding the budgets of a television station in Toronto, a pro-NATO think tank in Poland, and believe it or not, even rural farmers in Kenya. We found tens of millions to private equity firms, including one in the Republic of Georgia, as well as a million-dollar payment to a single private entrepreneur in Kiev. Our audit also revealed the Pentagon's $4.5 million contract with a company called Atlantic Diving Supply to provide Ukraine with unspecified explosives equipment. This is a notoriously corrupt company that none other than Tom Tillis, the chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, previously lambasted for its, quote, history of fraud. It once again 
Congress has failed to ensure these shady payments and massive arms deals are properly tracked. In fact, much of the military and humanitarian aid shipped to Ukraine has simply vanished. Last year, CBS News quoted the director of a pro-Zelensky nonprofit in Ukraine who reported that only 30% of aid was reaching the front lines. The embezzlement of funds and supplies is at least as troubling as the potential consequences of the illicit transfer and sales of military-grade weapons. Last June, the head of Interpol warned that the massive transfers of arms into Ukraine means, quote, we can expect an influx of weapons in Europe and beyond, and that criminals are now, as we speak, focusing on them. This May, a group of anti-Kremlin Russian exiles outfitted with gear supplied by the Ukrainian government was hailed by Western politicians for carrying out terrorist attacks in Russian territory using American-made Humvees. Although the group, the so-called Russian Volunteer Corps, is led by a man who calls himself the, quote, White King, and includes numerous open admirers of Adolf Hitler, described as neo-Nazis in U.S. mainstream media, the Western weaponization of this militia against Russian forces and Russian civilians has not prompted any outcry from Congress. And while the Biden administration has promised that it's keeping tabs on the weapons sent, a State Department cable leaked last December conceded that, quote, kinetic activity and active combat between Ukrainian and Russian forces create an environment in which standard verification measures are sometimes impracticable or impossible. The Biden administration not only knows that it cannot track the weapons it's shipping to Ukraine, it knows that it is escalating a proxy war against the world's largest nuclear power and daring it to respond in kind. We know this because back in 2014, and this timeline is so important, that's when NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said that the war started following a U.S.-backed coup d'etat. President Barack Obama rejected demands from Kiev to send lethal offensive weaponry because, as the Wall Street Journal put it, he had a, quote, long-standing concern that arming Ukraine would provoke Moscow into further escalation that would drag Washington into a proxy war. When Donald Trump entered office in 2017, he attempted to hold the line on Barack Obama's policy, but was soon branded a Russian puppet by the Beltway Press Corps and the Democratic Party for refusing to send Raytheon's Javelin missiles to the Ukrainian military. His reluctance to send the Javelins became a central theme of his impeachment, and he predictably relented. As U.S.-made offensive weaponry began to reach the front lines of the Donbass, the collective West exploited the Minsk Accords to, quote, give Ukraine time to arm up, as the former German Chancellor Angela Merkel put it. In January 2022, the U.S. announced a $200 million arms package to Ukraine. Follow the timeline. By the 18th of February, observers from the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe reported a doubling in ceasefire violations with OSCE maps showing the overwhelming majority of targeted sites on the side of pro-Russian separatists in Donetsk and Lugansk. Five days later, Russia invaded Ukraine. And since then, the U.S. and its allies have, have been scurrying up the escalation ladder at every opportunity. Quote, things we couldn't give in January because it was escalatory were given in February, a former State Department official complained after meeting with Ukrainian counterparts. And things we couldn't give in February, we can in April. That has been the distinct pattern, starting with, for crying out loud, stingers, referring to shoulder-mounted rockets. Joe Biden himself said in March 2022, the idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks, don't kid yourself. No matter what you all say, that's called World War III. Just over a year later, Biden changed his tune, backing a plan to provide F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine, and after pressuring Germany to send in the tanks he once feared would provoke World War III. It would only take two months from the time Ukraine received HIMARS, Lockheed made HIMARS systems for the U.S. 
for the, for the Ukrainian military to begin targeting critical infrastructure, using them to strike the Antonovsky Bridge over the Dnipro River, and again, two months later, in a test strike on the Kohovka Dam to see if the Dnipro's water could be raised enough to stymie Russian crossings, as the Washington Post reported. Three weeks ago, the Kohovka Dam was destroyed, triggering a major environmental catastrophe that caused mass flooding and contamination of the local water supply. Ukraine, of course, blames Russia for this attack, but has produced no evidence. Around this time, Ukraine also baselessly accused Russia of planning a provocation at the Zaporozhia nuclear plant. This triggered a resolution by Senators Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal, no relation to me, calling for NATO to intervene directly in Ukraine and attack Russia if such an incident occurred. The move by Blumenthal and Graham thus established a de facto red line for initiating U.S. military action, much like the one set down in Syria, which, as a former U.S. diplomat commented to journalist Charles Glass, was an open invitation to a false flag. Will we see another Duma deception, but this time in Zaporozhia? This time with nuclear consequences? Why are we doing this? Why are we tempting nuclear annihilation? by flooding Ukraine with advanced weapons and sabotaging negotiations at every turn. We've been told by people like Senator Dick Durbin that Ukraine is literally in a battle for freedom and democracy itself. And therefore, anyone who opposes military aid to Ukraine opposes the very defense of democracy, according to this logic. So where's the democracy in Vladimir Zelensky's decision to ban opposition parties, to criminalize the media outlets of his legitimate political opponents, to jail his top political rival and his deputies, to raid Orthodox churches and jail clergymen? Where is the democracy in the Ukrainian government's imprisonment of Gonzalo Lira, an American citizen, simply for challenging the official narrative of Ukraine's war? And where is the democracy in Zelensky's recent decision to suspend elections in 2024 on the grounds that martial law has been declared? The answer is that Ukrainian democracy is harder to find these days than that country's commander-in-chief, Valery Zeluzhny. Senator Lindsey Graham has offered a much more grim and more on-the-mark rationale for supplying Ukraine with billions in weapons. As the senator boasted during a recent visit with Zelensky in Kiev, the Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. I repeat, the Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. And Graham has also said that Americans are ready to fight this war down to the last Ukrainian. While official casualty numbers are strictly classified, we must worry that Ukraine is well on its way to fulfilling the senator's ghoulish fantasies. As a Ukrainian soldier complained this month to Vice News, we don't know what Zelensky's plans are, but, quote, it looks like the extermination of its own population, like of the combat-ready and working-age population. That's it. Indeed, military cemeteries in Ukraine are expanding almost as rapidly as the Northern Virginia McMansions and beachfront estates of executives from Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, and assorted Beltway contractors benefiting from the second highest level of military spending since World War II. These are the real winners of the Ukraine proxy war, not average Ukrainians or Americans or Russians, the winners or Europeans for that matter. The winners are people like Secretary of State Tony Blinken, who spent his time between the Obama and Biden administrations launching a consulting firm called West Exec Advisor which secured lucrative government contracts for intelligence firms and the arms industry. Blinken's former partners at WestExec include Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines, CIA Deputy Director David Cohen, former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, and almost a dozen current and former members of Biden's national security team. Defense Sec Secretary Lloyd Austin for his part as a former and possibly future member of board member of Raytheon and an ex-partner of Pine Island Capital Investment which collaborates with West Exec and which Blinken himself has advised. 
Meanwhile, the current U.S. ambassador to this body, the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, is listed as a senior counsel at the Albright Stonebridge Group, a self-described commercial diplomacy firm that also finesses government contracts for the intelligence and arms sector, and which was founded by Madeleine Albright, infamously known for her comments that the deaths by sanctions of half a million Iraqi children were worth it. So while military-age Ukrainian men are ripped off the streets by military police and sent to the front lines, the financially and politically connected architects of this proxy war are planning to walk through the revolving door to reap unimaginable profits once their time in the Biden administration is over. For them, a negotiated settlement to this territorial dispute means an end to the cash cow of close to $150 billion in U.S. aid to Ukraine. So in closing, when the United States, my country, a permanent member of this council, has fallen under the control of a bipartisan regime which seeks to perpetuate a proxy war for as long as it takes, in the words of Joe Biden, which considers diplomacy synonymous with unilateral coercive measures to, quote, turn the ruble to rubble, as Biden pledged to do, whose leadership subverts negotiations in order to pursue profit while refusing to properly its inform its own citizens what they're paying for and pushes the sons and brothers of its supposed Ukrainian partners out onto a killing field in order to bludgeon a geopolitical rival, when both Zelensky and members of U.S. Congress are calling for preemptive strikes on Russia, which have nothing to do with Article 51 of the U.N. Charter, this council must take action to enforce that charter. That charter is clear that the Security Council must use its authority to guarantee a Pacific settlement of dispute, particularly when it threatens international security. That should not only apply to Russia and Ukraine. This council has an obligation to strictly monitor and restrain the U.S. and the illegal military formation known as NATO. Thank you. So I now give the floor. So hold on. Mr. Let Mark me let Blumenthal. me please pause that. Hmm. Let me let me. Uh, tell you who Max Blumenthal is. Max Blumenthal was born December 18th, 1977. He's an American author and a blogger. He's a writer for the National Alternet. He's a Daily Beast author, which is huge, huge, huge left-wing. Mm -hmm. Al Akbar, another huge left-wing media, Media Matters for America, another one. Al Jazeera, English, the New York Times, and the Los Angeles Times. He has been writing fellow uh, 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 he's been a writing fellow to the National Institute, which is another huge liberal organization. He is a regular contributor to Russian state-owned Sputnik RT and is frequently used in various platforms to spread Russian propaganda. This is on Wikipedia, folks. He's acted as a briefer on behalf of the permanent mission to the Russian Foundation for the United <laughs> Nations, and they've been in invited him to speak at the UN Security Council. Blumenthal is also the editor of The Gray Zone, which is another huge liberal group, which is known for its apologetic coverage of authoritarian regimes such as China, Russia, Syria, Venezuelan governments, including denial of chemical attacks in the Syrian government and human rights abuses by uh, of the Uyghurs. Blumenthal has written four books, uh, his first Republican uh, Gamamath, which uh, inside the movement that shattered the party in 2009, Gamora, uh, as in Saddam and Gamora, yeah, made the Los Angeles Times and New York Times bestseller list. This guy's huge left wing. You just he heard a huge left wing dude give a giant right wing speech. Well, giant. It's his tax dollars getting squandered over in Ukraine too. That is that is epic. I. You know, I don't, I don't know what else to say. That is, that's fucking epic right there. You're still wrapped up in the chains of Democrat and Republican. No, 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 I'm not. I, I think it's epic because what you see, what you're seeing 
is a Democrat, hardcore. He is hardcore Democrat. I don't You're give a still f- wrapped up in the chains of Republican I, and Democrat. I got it's you. Not about the label that they or the political party. It's about the person. I got you. My point is that there's hope. It's coming through that. Yeah. Because he doesn't give a shit. He just that was on the United Nations Security Council floor. Mm-hmm. Anybody speaking there from America is representing Joe Biden. Do you understand that? Yeah, I'd say he does get a thunder kick. You're right, Chris. Yeah, I would agree. Because mm-hmm. that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. Thunder. 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 Thunder kick. Get the fuck oh. out of here. Oh. Right. I think we have just enough time to play a little Roseanne talking about Ukraine before it's tribute time. Okay, go for it. Because this leads into uh, somebody get rid of feed live feed, please. Thank you. you right guys. now is right. the country of destination for trafficking. Destination. Yes. Wow. So um, uh, foreigners can be trafficked to Ukraine as well. Uh, it's the ca- country of source, source country uh, when the Ukrainian citizens are. Uh, Who is this? Who is this? Because um, now you, it's not Roseanne. It's obvious it's not Roseanne. Yeah. So it's, uh, they're this, they're from, this lady's from Ukraine. Okay. Okay. And she's talking to who? And she's on the air in, I don't know where. Um, Dom Lucray, breaker of narratives, put this out. Okay. Okay. Let's try this again now is the country of destination for trafficking destination yes wow. so um uh, foreigners can be trafficked to ukraine as well uh it's the ca- country of source source country uh when the ukrainian citizens are uh, being brought somewhere abroad to other countries uh for exploitation and also the transit country uh, because we are in the middle of Europe and um, and of course that the borders are open now and also there is a uh, domestic slavery in Ukraine as well so this tells us that Ukrainian citizen can be trapped into slavery within the country so what what are some Okay, so that was 2017. Some of the worst UK gangs. TV. Some of the worst gangs in America that traffic kids early on in, um, I would have to say, 2017, 2016, 2015, uh, the last ones that I was aware of, uh, they were Ukrainian gangs. And they were trafficking kids all over this world. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a flying fuck. Folks. Nope. Don't don't even think that this is about kids in Ukraine. It's about how they get the kids out of Ukraine and stop get from getting caught. That's what this is about. They they're they're so scared. Everybody's so scared of this, you know, and I'm so tired of listening to like people like Bongino and all these other fucks who go on. Oh, well, human sex trafficking is not such an issue in America. Are you fucking yes, kidding me? We represent over three quarters of the kids trafficked in the world. Yep. U.S. kids do. Yeah, that's disgusting. Eight hundred thousand a year, out from the U.S. alone. Just from the U.S. I'm not talking about foreigners. It doesn't mean that that doesn't count the eighty-five thousand that came over the border that were placed with people who were unvetted, unverified, and have now they're gone. Eighty-five thousand children in the past year over the border. That's not a part of the eight hundred thousand American children that are stolen every year. For people like Bongino and all these other right side broadcasters to kind of cushion around this bitch, to walk around it with cup shoes, you're fucking stupid. You're the ones that are supposed to be calling this shit out. Our fucking government is saying that this is illegal because 
It's really going on. They're the ones trafficking the kids. Turn the eyes around. Why are the kids coming through the border so easily? Why is it always port towns that have problems with this? Go down to the port of Savannah. Spend a day down there. The longshoremen don't like you walking around down there. You know why? Because you cut into their cash. Oh, yeah. Oh, more coke they really, the port of Savannah. They really don't like it when you're down there snooping around. That's why you have to have a... Uh, you have to have a special card. Uh, yep. A you have to have a twick. You have to have a twick yeah, card. A twick card. Yep. Just to go, just to get onto the port. Either way. Anyway, it's about that time. It is that time. You want to get? Okay. I'll play it again. So if you got it, light it up. Light get it, it ready because we're about to get into the deep dark shit here. It's from the bone to the bat bong. Go get it, Liana. I saw it this morning. It looked good, girl. <laughs> if you didn't check Miss Liana out this morning, she was on. Uh, she got back on today. Yay, madam. Yep. It's a fucking good day. And of course... For the majority of your show, I was at a commercial job, which you couldn't listen to your show, which sucked. I was out and about in the yard, but I listened to it in between. I didn't do a whole lot because my mind was elsewhere. Some days when I'm thinking, I go out in the, the gardens and it helps me think. And some days I just, there's so much in my mind that I just can't. So I spent most of the morning actually doing screen captures of clips, got out to the gardens as I was listening to Lana and got out to the gardens about 11. Yeah. Hottest part of the day. That's when I would do it. I know. And then I was so fucking tired. I came in and took a nap with Annie for like an hour until you got home. I mean, you like to beat the shit out of yourself. I don't, I don't even have to do it. <laughs> and I was waiting I just for you let to you get go. home before I got in the pool. And then as soon as Mick got home, it started fucking pouring rain. I was like, are you kidding me? I worked in the hottest part of the day and I took a nap and started, instead of getting in the pool, I should have gotten in the fucking pool. I didn't do a whole lot though. I just harvested. I, I, I have to tell you guys to remind me, we can't let this go tonight. I've got to talk about this. Um, I got to tell you how my date ended yesterday because it was, it was epic and horrible all at the same time, but it was amazing. You, you all get a good laugh out of it. Yeah, that's true. Why don't you tell that story now before I get into the deep dark shit actually? Cause it's fucking funny. It's a good story to tell during tribute, even though we're almost there. We're almost done. I'm going to let it finish and then we'll tell them. How's that? Does that work for you? That works. Cause it, it was, it was hysterical. It was pretty fucking epic. How's your leg? Fucking hurts. <laughs> I was playing chicken with the dogs. <laughs> Cause I took the dogs for walk this morning. I know. Thunder kicks. <laughs> Thunder kicks. 
So, when the FBI knocks on your door, what do we tell them? Nah, bear. Nah, bear. Give him the nah, bear. Oh, FBI, Bob. Fucking Bob. Anyway, you were saying. So, this morning I took the dogs for the normal walk about 7.30 or so. And uh, down the street, there's uh, two little girls with a, a, some kind of shepherd mix. His name's Porter. He's about about a month younger than Annie, so about a year and a half. And uh, he and Seamus are best friends. And he's about the same size as Annie, too. But he and Seamus are best friends. Come on. Seriously, Justin, stop fucking with the stream. No shit. All right. Dude, really? So, uh Normally we walk to the end of the road and on our way back, you know, Porter comes out cause they see us walking back. But this morning Porter was out just as we were going down the road and immediately Seamus went running over and they start running around cause he's got a, a shot collar. So he's not on a leash and they start running around the yard um, in big circles. And normally when they do that, I just stand still cause you know, they generally avoid me. The, they, I mean, they play chicken with me. They come right at me and I stand still and one goes one way, one goes the other. But today Porter went one way and he kind of knocked Seamus and Seamus came closer to me and just a glancing blow from his head. And I, like, he didn't hit me full on because if he'd hit me full on, I would have been taken off my feet as I have been on numerous other occasions. No, no, just a glancing blow from Seamus's head, put a big fucking bruise on my leg and it hurts. It's going to be huge tomorrow and gave me a big scrape down the inside of my, my leg here. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. That's how that happens. Yeah. So anyway, yesterday I was uh, probably a little put off last night. I was. You were a little pissy last night. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you were. Um, had a my last appointment. Mind you, I've been running around all day. I'd gone to supposed to go install a door anyway. Long story short, there's a fuck up. Whatever. No big deal there. However, get to my final job, and I'm sitting there, and I show up this house, and when it first showed up in the system, there's no address. So I call my boss. I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> this town's a pretty big town." I'm, I don't, I don't think I'm going to find this person, even if I throw a, you know, a fucking dart at the map. And, uh, he's like, all right. He's like, let me, he's like, I'll call him. So he called him, got the address, tell, told him all the pricing and everything <laughs> else. Right. So I get there. Uh, yeah. It's a, it was broken springs. I told him the price. I'm like, yep, this is the price. And he's like, yep. He agrees to it. Signs a little thing on the, my tablet. I was like, all right, let me go get my tools. I'll get the door up and we'll get it working. And I'll be done in about 40 minutes, 37 minutes later, call the wife back out. I'm like, all right, I'm all set. I already had everything loaded back on my truck. I got the book out. I'm getting ready to do the payment stuff. I'm sitting there and uh, <clears throat> dude gets on the phone. Mind you, he's not even in the house, not even in the fucking house, not even fucking there. Gets on the phone. Um, so I'm waiting for a credit card number so I could start typing in the digits. He goes, how much? I told him the price. He goes, oh, no, no, I shouldn't pay that. I said, excuse me, sir. He said, oh, no, no. My boss said I shouldn't pay that. Sir, I, I don't know what. Now, mind you, it's about 100. It feels like it's 107 degrees. It's only like 94 degrees. Yeah, feel like but we're like 90 something percent humidity. humidity. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I said, excuse me. And he said, well, no, no, my boss said I didn't have to pay that. 
who the fuck's your boss? I said, okay, sir, I, I just want to make sure I understand this properly. You agreed to something that you signed your name to, or your wife signed your, her name to, and you are now reneging on that deal. And well, no, I just don't have to pay it. Okay. Watch this. This is what I don't have to do either. And I hung up the phone and I went back out, got all my tools, brought them back in, took all the shit I just did off, put all the shit that was broken back on. Okay. And in true Irish fashion, you know, you only set screws so far into metal. If you know what I'm talking about, you understand what torsion and resistance, and then eventually what they like to call puncturification when the metal actually pierces the other metal. Um, I took my drill, and I'm going to tell you right now, that torsion rod is going to come apart in about four different pieces in about two days because I put enough holes in that motherfucker that it's just going to tear apart because the torsion that's actually on that bar from that spring when it's loaded will rip that bar in half. I fucking was pissed. Yep. I walked out of there. I tried hitting their mailbox with my work truck. You can't twice. Pay? I was sorry. Oh my God. Oh, when they go to get this changed, when the next guy shows up to fix this, it's probably going to be you. It's going to cost them another 500. No, no. We've got the name already listed. I made my boss start a, a bullshit nuisance roster. So we have all these calls that we go to that people just, they either a don't pay. Mm -hmm. They're just pieces of shit, period. Yeah. Like we go there. We can just tell right off the bat. It's going to be an issue. Your blacklist. Yes. You blacklisted him. So, oh, he's at the head. Oh, this motherfucker. Because I did all the work. Which means and he's then he backed to, out. He's going to have to call like overhead or something like that. And it's, it's going to take, take him six months. Six, yeah, exactly. I was going to say six months to come out. It took him fucking, six months. That's why I got into this gig. Yeah. Because it we took had him six months to fix our garage door. And that fucking broke like a week later. Well, that's like that. kind of because of you. But no, 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 no. Remember the whole panel fucking crumpled. Yeah, but that was because you decided to try to push it to the moon. No, that was when you drove into the garage no, with the turtle no, shell no, on no. top. No, no, no. That's of it. why we got it fixed. And that was totally <laughs> your fault. And it had a, it didn't have a turtle shell on top of it. It had a Jeep stroller on top of it. And I asked you if you wanted to take the stroller off before we pulled it into the garage. And you said, just pull, pull the fucking car into the garage. And I said, okay. Oh, she did. And she I did, did. <laughs> That garage door <laughs> saw better days. So let me tell you, the something. stroller survived perfectly. It though. was it was actually fine. <laughs> if there's a product you want a solid fucking a like you want to take care of your kid, it's that old school Jeep stroller. You get that motherfucker, Dude. good to go. Yeah, no shit. That bitch will take a head-on collision with a fucking Yugo. <laughs> telling you right now, it's no right bullshit at 25 door. miles an hour, and it would be fine. Whoa. That Yugo would be fucked up. No shit. All right. Oh, all right. Anyway, here's the Roseanne clip. I'm from the Ukraine. The Ukrainian, the Ukrainian, there, there is a large faction of Nazis. I don't know if you know this, but there's a large amount of Nazis in the Ukraine, and they actually killed my whole family. Um, I'm from the Ukraine, and they marched my entire family, grandmothers, great-grandparents, well, Ten siblings yeah, out into the forest and buried them alive in the Ukraine. So I don't understand why everybody's Ukraine. Ukra well, I do understand. And that's also what terrifies me. 
people better wake up and do some research on their own instead of buying what comes across on the screen. And I try I mean, to shake them up, Pierce. You're goddamn right I do. I try to shake them up and crack their, their mind control programming. I do it for God. Well, here's Roseanne, what I would say to that. I don't agree with you uh, about uh, a lot of the stuff you said about Ukraine. I know what you said, and you're perfectly entitled to your views. I would say in relation to the suggestion that they're all a bunch of you Nazis... You haven't the seen the swastikas well, well, on those Rosa, on, soldiers' arms. The it's President in the Zelensky news. The himself is Jewish, so obviously he is de facto not a Nazi. I know, but he's not a good one. Are, are, are all Jews the same? For God's sake, talk about anti-Semitic. Just because the guy's a Jew doesn't mean he likes Jews or that he's doing anything good for the Jews. I mean, so what? Who cares what anybody is? That was the whole point of my tweet. Just because they're, they're skin folk don't mean they're kin folk, you know what I mean? Just because they're the same color as you don't mean they ain't trying to lock your ass up. Wake up, people! Snap out of it! I'm from the Ukraine. Hey, the Ukrainian, hey, it's, it's, the Ukraine. not a lot of times that I'm going to agree with Roseanne Barr. Dude, she's but, gone, oh no, she's she's fucking a. She's fucking she's full red like and I, red pill. She I, I gets know. the thunder kicks for that. I, okay, hold on. Give me one second. Let me get to that first. Let's do that first. Let me take thunder. care of this. Thunder. 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 Get the fuck out of here. Oh. <laughs> um yeah, she's got she's grown on me too. Uh, and not that way either. Um, but let me let me let me swell some rumor here. Yeah, okay, there's a couple of you that are giving me the fuck yeah, man. I know exactly what you did. Listen to me. And there's going to be other people that are going to. You're not going to say anything in the chat because you know you'll get drummed out of here. But you're going to send me an email or you're going to post something as a as a comment to the show. So let me explain to you what just happened the other day when I got home from work and why I was so pissed off. Look, if you work in, if you, you got to be blue collar if you listen to me because no educated motherfuckers listening to me. That's I get not it. True. But That's true. They listen to me. The blue collar fuckers that know about our jobs. Look, what you're paying for is not the product, folks. You're not paying for the product. What you're paying for is me. Because I'm going to have that shit done in 45 minutes and be gone. Where if you wait on your husband, it might be 45 years before it actually gets fixed. Hey, you tell me all the time, just because you asked me to do something six months ago doesn't mean you need to remind me again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my point is this, all right? You're paying me for my time. I'm coming to your house with something I am very good at doing and I can fix shit quickly. You can't even keep up with what I'm doing 90% of the time. <laughs> and that's what you're paying me for. So when you fuck me like that, when you bring me out to your house and then argue with me about the price that you already agreed to, I'm going to turn around and just absolutely do everything to decimate you. Walk away. Like I'm going to make sure that it costs you mm. not only your next mortgage check, but two more after that too, because I know what the next guy is going to charge you.
There is a reason you don't waste people's time. If you call somebody to your house to do work on your house, remember what you're paying for. You're not paying for the product. You're paying for their time. That's what's important. If you make that generalization with your general contractor on your next building, whatever you do, I'm going to tell you right now, you will have the best work site you've ever had, and you will never have a better experience than that because they understand once they understand that you understand that you're paying for their time, that is it. They will be, they will do everything you ask. They will bend over backwards. They'll jump over hurdles. They'll fucking jump through fire for you. I'm telling you right now, just for your edification in the future. Because I tell you what, there's nothing like it when I meet somebody like her and she treats me like, well, it's your time. So what do you want me to do? That tells me everything I want to hear. Not as a salesman either, as just somebody like you understand why I'm here. I'm going to give you my best educated decision. You tell me what you want to do. I mean, we, we paid someone to build the chicken enclosure. Um, I mean, he was a good friend of ours, but. So we still paid him a good amount of money to build the chicken enclosure. And uh, Connor and I were right there with him working every single day because it's my project too. It's fucking hot out here too. So I'm just saying that's what you pay for. It's I know yeah. I'm going to get a lot of hate mail, but whatever. I don't, I don't give a so. fuck about that. I'm just telling you that's for the guys that do a job like I do. If you look at it any differently, maybe if we treated more Karens like that, there'd be fewer Karens. Just saying, stop putting up with the bullshit. And that doesn't mean you have to be mean to people. Don't do that. Just stop putting up, just walk away. Stop putting up with the bullshit. Stop feeding into their bullshit. Cause that's exactly what it is. Stop feeding into their entitlement. Stop feeding into their everything. Just walk away. And I, I can tell you right now, this gentleman that I was talking to was not an American. Oh, well, okay. naturalized American. Fine. He wasn't born here. Even, even, you know what? Other cultures think that you can negotiate prices, but when you live here, you play by our rules. When in Rome, it is what it is. Do as the Romans. Just like if you come over here from Europe, on vacation, just because from your, you're from Europe doesn't mean that you shouldn't tip your server. Because here, our servers get paid two fourteen an hour, and they live on tips. They get paid differently in Europe. They get paid a actual living wage over there, and they don't get tipped. Know the culture that you're visiting, that you're living in, and be respectful of it. Yeah, that's huge. Seriously. Because we're expected to do it when we go over there because when I don't do it when I'm over there, I get yelled at. Yeah. So if if you go, if you demand that from us, that's fine. But all we ask is in return, do the same. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, so uh, I know Liana covered a lot of this this morning, but um, not everybody got to, gets to watch her in the morning. Uh, you know, they're coming out hard against the sound of freedom. All right. So I want to start this segment by showing you guys what they said about it in 2014, not the movie, but the 
actual operation. So here you go. Can you get the 60 minutes? Yeah. Oh, my girl. Man, this is why I love her. Last weekend, police broke up a major sex trafficking ring in Colombia, which has become a destination for tourists looking for sex with boys and girls. The police had help from an American who went undercover to rescue the children. And Elaine Quijano met him. Tim Ballard has one mission, to track down child traffickers. Four months ago, Colombian authorities asked him to investigate a tip that children were being sold there as sex slaves. Within a half hour, this individual walks up to me, starts asking me what I'm here for, what I want, and within minutes, he says, well, I've got, I've got kids as young as 11 years old. Ballard, a former Homeland Security agent, now heads up a nonprofit group that rescues trafficked kids. After that first meeting, the Colombians asked him to put together a sting. No men will be in here, only women. Operation Underground Railroad spent months planning, renting this house, rigging it with hidden cameras to document the crime, coordinating with Colombian authorities, and negotiating with the traffickers. How they find these kids is they lure them in by pretending to have a modeling agency. They target them at 9 or 10 years old. And they were telling us that about by 11, they're ready for sex. They're ready to be sold. What is that like looking into that kind of person's eyes? It, it, it's horrifying, and this is why. Because I've got a smile in the face of evil. This is the table where we're going to do the negotiation. Less than 24 hours after the operatives landed, the suspected traffickers arrived on the island, and the final deal with the undercover team began. 54 boys and girls aged 11 to 18 were ushered in for what had been billed as a sex party. They were given candy and drinks and told to wait in this small room. This, this little 11-year-old boy, I remember, he asked one of my operatives if they could give him some cocaine or something. That they, he said, they usually give me something because I'm really scared. By the time the deal was done, the alleged traffickers were set to make $25,000. That transaction was never completed. 25 Colombian special operatives stormed the party. Arresting five suspects, four men, and one former beauty queen, all charged with child trafficking. The victims, 29 of whom are under 18, were evacuated, given medical exams, and placed in a rehabilitation center where specialists are working to undo the damage. Right before I got in the boat, we had to walk by the, this room where the kids were, and they put their hand up. And I touched their hand. And see that there's liberation now. Liberating one child at a time. Elaine Quijano, CBS same News, story. New York. Same story. Literally almost exactly the same from, I mean, the scenes could have been taken from the movie. Yep. Same exact story. Same. No, no different. You just watched the movie right there. Yep. I mean, there this, is, this is what they're talking shit about. And, and, and here you go. This is today. Well, over the past week, anyway. 
the conspiratorial thinking that has led many Americans to raise awareness about child sex trafficking epidemic that simply does not exist. Um, tell us first of all about the conspiracy that's being pushed here. It's become sort of a popular piece of folklore now that there is this epidemic of child sex trafficking and children vanishing in the United States and that the government or the media is either complicit in some way or just willfully overlooking it. You know, we were talking actually a couple days ago about conspiracy theories that have always been with us. Lyndon Johnson killed JFK. Bill Clinton killed all these people. All of these conspiracy theories. These films are created out of bogus statistics and with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites. Now, it's not true, but it's a very comforting and it's a very warm feeling to have. It was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. Epstein's death, uh, I think we will see, was a suicide. I've seen firsthand the suffering that trafficking causes. And what we had were, it was a QAnon rally, you know, putting their children out there with, you know, uh, shirts with hand-printed signs saying, I'm not for sale. And it's a really easy way to recruit people into an organization that quickly red pills them into thinking that there are child right. predators everywhere they look. It's dangerous. Take a look at what the Rolling Stones said. This is a review. They're saying the sound of freedom, the QAnon-tinged thriller about child trafficking is designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy adult boomer. So why does Rolling Stone have this take? Did you follow anybody who had got into a conspiracy theory that there was this huge sex trafficking problem of children in the U.S. and then actually realized there wasn't? How many children have been sexually assaulted by human traffickers under the Biden administration? Senator, this is precisely why no you made the decision to allow this to happen what are, what are these wristbands i don't know what they are you don't know what they are these are modern day leg irons because these are children being sold into sex slavery and you don't even know what they are and the deaths the children assaulted the children raped they are at your feet and if you had integrity you would resign, resign. did you ever think that after being suppressed by every studio in hollywood and all the media that you'd ever have an opening week that you you basically topped Indiana Jones, came out third overall, but beat Indiana Jones, heads up on July 4th, and got $40 million at box office, sir? No. I never imagined that, Steve. Pray for us. Amen. Let's go, brother. Que viva la libertad. Watch this. Movie battling Indiana Jones for the top spot at the box office, and it stars a QAnon promoter. The Sound of Freedom is based on the life of the real-life former Homeland Security agent who staged sting operations to catch child sex traffickers. But the film and its star are raising eyebrows among critics. Some say that it bends the truth about child exploitation and it caters to QAnon conspiracy theorists. Its distributor, Angel Studios, denies those accusations. Jim Caviezel, the star of the film, is also known for openly embracing QAnon theories. 
For more on this, I want to bring in a journalist and author of The Storm is Upon Us, Mike Rothschild. So, Mike, uh, the star of this film, Jim Caviezel, is coming under a lot of scrutiny for his embrace of QAnon conspiracy theories. And you seem pretty familiar with him because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, that that involves, you know, drinking the blood of children and things like that. The way she just said that literally makes it sound like Jim Caviezel is the one drinking the blood of children. I'm going to rewind that just a little bit there. Listen to what she says. Listen to the context in which she says it. And you seem pretty familiar with him because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, that that involves, you know, drinking the blood of children and things like that. Yeah. No, he doesn't hide it at all. And you have a lot of people who are in this world of QAnon who say, oh, they don't know what that is. They've never heard of it. They're just asking questions. With somebody like Jim Caviezel, he is openly embracing it. He's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts. He's speaking at QAnon conventions. And this film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets. We have QAnon conventions? What, what, what's a QAnon convention? What's a QAnon convention? D- d- are you fucking? They're, no, they're, put us up on the screen right now. People no, no, put us, put us up on the screen. What organization? Are you fucking kidding me? All this time, I've been following yes, this. Yes, that dude's a Rothschild. All this fucking time. I've been following this. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me we've been having fucking conventions and nobody invited me? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Maybe she's talking about the Clay Clark stuff. Anyway, hold on. This is QAnon, but claim they don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Holy shit. I I've heard it all now, folks. We've we've heard it all. We've we're there. Well, here you go. God is telling this is gotta tell you something. Here. Look, here. Hold there, on, hold on. remember, remember how God told us you're gonna see stuff you never thought you'd ever see. No, everything you see from that point forward will be nothing you've ever seen before. So right now, we are seeing shit. Constantly. Here you go. Hold on. Constantly saying we've never the, seen uh, this before. The QAnon stuff. Um, uh, Jim's QAnon. Well, let's look into that because that could be really evil. Um, somewhere in Congress, they said QAnon is racist. Okay. Well, we don't like that, right? But so is the Ku Klux Klan. And that's another letter. It's a K. We don't like the letter Q. We don't like the letter K, but they don't go after the letter K. And I started looking into Senator Byrd and, and he was a grand wizard. Hillary Clinton's tied to him and Joe Biden's tied to him. And understand this is a Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. And, and there is a lot of data that can prove that the Ku Klux Klan is an evil organization. And so are the Nazis. One could say that they're also racist, but they don't go after those. Only the QAnon. Now, if I, by way of analogy, one if, I were, yep. if I were the Apostle 
uh, Saul, and I'm a Pharisee. I'm going to go after the Christians. I'm going to take them down. Now, remove Christians and let's make it QAnon. I'm going to destroy them because the Romans told me they're evil. I'm going to destroy them because my own church staff, my Pharisee, fellow Pharisees said evil. I'm going to take them out. And then find, and then you find out it, it's not QAnon. It's Q. And Q puts out a question. And you're not allowed to ask questions anymore. Not allowed to. And the Anons, they look it all up. And they start looking and investigating this stuff. I never knew about them while I was doing this movie, Sound of Freedom. It has nothing to do with our film. But it's really interesting that they pointed to this immediately and said, that guy's one of them. He's bad. There's Q and there's Anons. Jim Caviezel mm-hmm. is a Q follower. He is an Anon. He is not Q. He's, he's a, a Q, he's a Q follower. Mm-hmm. He is a Q follower, a true Q follower. Mm-hmm. Cause that is the way you answer that. And that is the clearest answer. That's why that guy got all uncomfortable. Because he signed a contract somewhere where he can't talk about that. It's why you saw him pop up on the screen right there in the middle. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. See how he got a little uncomfortable? He's like, well, we, uh, mm-hmm. and then he just let him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was Charlie Kirk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He got uncomfortable mm-hmm. when he brought up the real Q. Yeah. Ooh, Q is only a question. Yeah, that's <clears throat> 150 fucking you know it's funny tracy beans posted on twitter today she said uh i could make a shit ton of money if i would just say what they wanted me to say or didn't say what they don't want me to say but or something to that effect but basically she told them all to fuck off i wonder what she's being told that she needs to be, be talking about i wonder how much money charlie kirk makes i do too right i wonder how much a lot of these people make mm-hmm. because we do this yeah we do we it out of our own shit. we don't make fucking dick folks i'll <laughs> be honest with we you we make 500 we bucks a month I, honestly I, I, I don't care i don't want it, it but matter. it's immaterial to me if the money mattered i'd probably watch my mouth and not cuss as much and then i mm-hmm. would just lose all its flavor mm-hmm. this Fuck that. No, fuck that. No. Well, here. You guys like this. If I was the devil, my first victim would be the kids. From the moment they left their mother's precious wombs and were born, I would condition them to see racial division as a norm. And I wouldn't stop till I've stripped their innocence, divide and conquer. It's the oldest trick in the book of Genesis. And see, as they grew up, I would I would continue my infiltration. For 12 years, I would steal their hearts and minds from them and call it education. If I was the devil, my next victim would be women. I'd make old, out-of-touch men control women's bodies and rights. What better way to curse God than to disrespect the very bringers of life? Speaking of God, if I was the devil when it comes to religion, I put my plan together perfectly. I'd allow you to worship Jesus every Sunday, and on the other six days, I'd make you worship me. In the form of money, fame, lust, and greed to my religion, I wouldn't need to convert you. I'd turn the Ten Commandments to the Ten Suggestions, and make virtue signaling more important than virtue. I'd give you just enough religion to hate each other, but not enough to love each other and for my final evil strategy i'd make you forget the whole purpose of religion was spirituality 
If I was the devil, I, I wouldn't come dressed in a red cape and pointy horns. I'd drive a Lambo, have a pretty face, and a Gucci belt on. Basically, I'd take the form of everything you ever wished for and watch you create your own hell. I don't need to torch the earth. And as far as politicians go, I'd change nothing. They're already doing my dirty work. If I was the devil low-key, I'd be behind the scenes. You wouldn't have to see me. I would normalize dysfunction and call it reality TV. And in this reality, I would attack your self-worth, making it hard to heal from. I'd show you images of fake bodies and make them more attractive than real ones. If I was the devil, I'd make you pray to technology and idolize those who create it. I'd make clout the number one drug and steal millions of lost souls as they chased it. Now, if I was the devil, I, I wouldn't do it all at once. I'd take my time instead. I'd eat away at your morals little by little, exactly how cancer spreads. Speaking of cancer, if I was the devil, I'd feed you tasty food that makes you ill. Then I'd turn your doctors into drug dealers, selling you pills that keep you coming back instead of truly heal. Yeah, if I was Lucifer, then I'd know life and death are in the tongue. So I'd make your knife and fork your executioner. So you can't achieve higher consciousness if your body is sick. You won't opt for positive information if you have inflammation. If I was Satan, my cleverness would be admired. Why do you think the word inflammation literally means to set on fire? If I was the devil, I'd show you how to really flex. I would release pandemics on the world to give people the chance to really care for each other and then sit back and laugh as they exploited and became scared of each other. Basically, if I was the devil, I'd keep doing what I'm doing. God is my witness. I already control your systems. Don't try to fight against this. Because for my last trick, I would make smart people like you doubt whether I ever existed. Thunder, 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 get the fuck out of here. Oh. <laughs> That's some deep shit right there. Better fucking share the shit out of that one. We'll put it up and telegram wherever the fuck we've got everything. We'll put that out there because that needs to be shared because mm -hmm. the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing mankind he never existed to begin with. Wow. Yeah. That's some deep shit right there. Woo. That'll fuck you. Have up. you heard anything about the other movie theaters? Not oh, work, AC not working. Like the other like the other houses. No, well, like around the whole country, different theaters. In this movie only, the AC doesn't work. It's like super oh, stiff. Really? Yeah, you should oh, you no, should look at you should look that. online. It's like no, it's insane. It's, it's probably just like, I don't know. I know it's been very popular. So the more people you have in a theater, the more the, uh, different the house. Yeah, we, we've been going so to movie yeah, opens no, our whole life. So it's never happened. Yeah. It's yeah. Super, super weird. Um, here's those four for you guys. Okay. Yeah. It's all that. Thank you. Have you heard anything about the other movie theater? Wow. All over the country, they're having emergency evacuations halfway through the movie, and one they didn't even turn the lights off. Uh, they are turning off the AC. Shit in ours. We had audio problems the whole time. We heard clicking all the way through the whole movie. Um, they are doing everything they can to stop people from watching this movie. Like they think people are just going to give up halfway through. Why? Why are they Why? doing it? Why? Why? Because the line's been drawn. No, yeah. This is the line. This, this is, is the line. This is where you decide 
if you are going to stand up and do something about it, say something about it, fight against it. Think about this. Or if you're just going to sit back and do nothing, because if you sit back and do nothing, you Eight, are just as guilty as the one that's going out and raping and buying these children. 800,000 last year, just from our country alone in the USA, mm -hmm. 800,000 kids. Yeah. Just from our country alone in the USA. Mm -hmm. Think about that for one second. It's our youngest generation. These are the ones that we're trying to raise to take over from us because we're not around forever. We know there's a time limit on life. We've become aware of that. We've become self-aware to that. We're trying to raise the next generation to take over from us. 800,000 kids. There might not Eight be the next generation if we don't do something now. 800,000 kids. That is unfathomable. That is an, a number that I can't even equate. That's the not entire in, population of Savannah. Not in fucking children. Yep. That is fucking disgusting. Absolutely grotesque. Mm -hmm. Where do we live? And it's in not this... all sex either. Some of it's straight up slavery, organ harvesting. Some of these kids are dying for no reason. Yeah. With not even a chance. Sometimes they just kill them. To kill do me a favor. Go into your bedroom. Go into your kid's bedroom. Imagine one of those beds empty. What would you do? How would you act? What would you do to get your kid back? How far would you go? What would you do to get someone else's kid back? It's This is the worst absolute possible crime ever, period. Stop, <sighs> period. In the Bible, Jesus even says, this is the worst, yeah. period. The line's been drawn. Okay. When you come out. The media is trying it, to smear you. When you come out and you defend behavior like this, how else is the man up there supposed to take that? If Just you, asking. If you're defending, if you are coming out and speaking against this movie, you are defending child sex trafficking and Correct. you are complicit just as much as the person that's actually buying the children. Correct. I'm just you smear the film, call it QAnon adjacent, seducing America, all that nonsense. That is nothing more than the enemy mobilizing unclean spirits, principalities of darkness against the light, you are fulfilling Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Jim, can you just give us a little bit of a window from your experience and your understanding? How widespread is child sex trafficking in Hollywood? That one I'll talk about in the future. That, that one, that's a, it's a good question. It's there. I'll talk about it more in the future. My stuff came more from the agents mm -hmm. and the guys that I've worked with. And um, screaming of children is, well, there's something in me that says that ain't gonna happen on my watch because I have a father that's inside my heart and I'll go after these bastards. And it's okay to be that. And that's why the line's in there. Better a millstone being hung around their necks, that they be cast into the sea, that they should ever hurt one of these little ones. 
And that's what's coming for them. It's going to be a wrath on them. There will be no forgiveness because this is the rejection of the Holy Spirit. It's the only unforgivable sin. You shall not blasphemy the Holy Spirit. Angel.com in this segment. The media. Okay. Do you all know how much a millstone weighs? Anybody? Just throwing it out there really quick. Millstone. A millstone weighs close to a thousand cubits. A thousand cubits in today's measurement is a little bit over 10,000 pounds. A millstone being hung around your neck and being tossed into the ocean, you're going to the deepest fathoms, probably down there where the uh, boat popped um, over the Titanic because they're a bunch of grave robbing bitches. Good, but that's where they all belong. Minus that. Okay. Well, hold on. That's what a millstone would do to you. So last night, and I think I, I referenced this podcast yesterday, maybe. Um, that Mike Adams podcast from yesterday, his health ranger report. Uh, I sent a text to, to Lindsay when I listened to it and I was like, you have to listen to this. It sounds eerily familiar. And I started to play this clip for Mick last night, sitting on the back porch and, uh, he lasted about 30 seconds and then he was gone. And then I had my very interesting conversation that I've been brooding on all day. So I'm going to play this clip for y'all. And, uh, and then we'll discuss In the hopes? No. No. Okay. No. Other churches are holding the line and saying, Hold on. Oh, hell no. But as a nation, we have to make this decision because we are facing the total destruction of the United States of America. In fact, a friend of mine had a very important message to pass along to all of us today. One of the reasons why I decided to cover this topic. He had a vision. A vision that was divine in origin. Uh, this, this vision was that America would have to make a choice between Biden and Trump. And that if America chose Biden, and we're talking about the next election here, if America chose Biden or chooses Biden, and even if it's not Biden himself, it's his team, it's his, you know, his party, the demons on the left, then America will choose to sacrifice its children to demonic monsters. And this will prove to God that America has broken that covenant with God that our forefathers made. And that should that occur, and this is the final decision, that God will wipe out the seed of the people that currently make up America today. We will all be destroyed. There will be plagues and there will be famine and those who survive the famine will be swallowed by the earth and so on. All will die. On the other hand, if we choose the rejection of that insanity, if we choose uh, Trump in this case, it looks like. And if Trump repents for his sins and his role in Operation Warp Speed, and if Trump brings us back to prayer then Trump will have a second term. America will be saved and God will halt his wrath that is currently being unleashed against us. 
And America, again, must make a choice. We will either experience a reawakening, a resurgence of uh, faith in God, or America will be turned to rubble. I want you to remember this phrase, that America will be turned to rubble. The dream of America will be over. The country will be over. There will be nothing remaining. And the destruction will be so severe that everyone will know that it was the hand of God that did it. This is God saying to us that if you turn from me and you sacrifice and mutilate the children who are created in the image of God, that he, God, will unleash such destruction upon your nation and your civilization that there will be nothing left standing. That destruction may come in the form of volcanoes, floods, uh, asteroids striking from, from the sky, right? um, famine, earthquakes, whatever, or a combination of all the above to where nothing is left standing across the entire country. Giant mountains of fire falling out of the sky and striking a third of the earth. The third uh, that is North America, by the way, because Canada is, of course, involved in all of the same evil as well. Canada may even, by some measures, be more evil in terms of its government policies and its embracing of uh, demonic transgenderism and unleashing filthy creatures upon the children. Canada is probably doing even worse than the United States. But make no mistake, this is what's coming if we don't stop the child mutilations and the child sex trafficking, which, you know, the movie, The Sound of Freedom, is trying to stop this, trying to bring awareness to it. And that's why the film is being attacked. Now, Sound familiar? Because it's pretty much what I said in my substack, Archangels Among Us, what Gabriel told me except the choices in between Trump and Biden that was shown to his friend as a way to make him understand it, more as a, uh, a parable as it were. It's not Trump and Biden. It's literally good and evil. Biden represents the, the child trafficking. He's the sniffer in chief. Trump's biggest achieve, achievement is going against child sex trafficking. Mike Adams goes on in that podcast to say that he thinks that we're, we're too far gone. We're past that tipping point already. And I have to agree. It doesn't mean that there's not hope. There is. And that's why I asked y'all the question at the beginning of the show. I do believe that America will be destroyed. And I don't think it's just America. I think it'll be most of the world. We talked about the volcanoes popping up in France and Italy and Spain. Spain, right. Iceland. Everyone will be judged. Everyone will have to pay the price for the evil that we have let be perpetrated among upon us and upon our children. We've let it happen. We've sat back and do nothing. We've all, we could have only gotten to this point by doing nothing, by good people doing nothing. If we had stood up 
30 years ago, we wouldn't be here now. We tried. We didn't try hard enough. Yeah, they assassinated the leader of that movement. Yeah, we didn't try hard enough. So we let it a, a stumbling block turn us off our path. So everyone will be judged and everyone will face God's wrath. And you will know that God is real. You will know that this is God's wrath. But you have, you have a choice to make right now. He's not to be trifled with. He is not to be trifled with. And this is what I was told last night. You have a choice to make right now. You can choose to say, fuck it. You can choose to give up. You can choose to continue to do nothing. And when you're judged, as we all will be, God may choose to end humanity, to call the human race from the earth and let the earth lay dormant for a thousand years, like apparently he did to the dinosaurs because he didn't like how that experiment turned out. Well, we've gotten him to the point where he doesn't like how this experiment's turned out either. So your choice right now is literally the fate of humanity. Every single person has a choice right now to make. You can choose hate. You can choose those chains that bind us. You can choose to sit back and do nothing. Or you can choose love. You can stop looking at people with labels. You can try and do better, be a better person for your family, for your children, for yourself. You can reject all the bullshit that they put in our lives. You can reject the nasty chemicals. Think about, that's why I played if I was the devil. You can reject all of that. You can put God first in your life because that's what it comes down to. But if we don't put God first in our life right now, humanity is doomed. So make your choice. Oh, you wanted me to follow that up? No, Fuck we're, you. We're done. Holy shit. No, that's a mic drop, bitch. Drop that mic and walk the fuck out of the room right now. You're done. Wow. We are. My alarm went off. Well yes. done. Um, anybody else? Uh, Thunder. And now. Thunder. A message from Dr. Thunder. Thunder Get the fuck oh. out of here. Oh. That they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Holy shit. Yeah, so what she said. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow night, 545 for the pre-show, 6 p.m. for the regular show. You can always check out the lovely Liana. She was back this morning at 9.05. Of course, I only caught tidbits, but she did get the new Batman bong. What the fuck is this Batman bong? Why don't Very I get sweet. one? You know that like my we have a coconut bong now. Name in high school was Batman. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll tell that story another time. We have we don't have time for that tonight. <laughs> no, we don't. But, but either way, tell it because it's fucking funny. It is funny. Anyway, either way, uh, y'all come back and check us out tomorrow night. Uh, loved having you here. Uh, till then, for the Mick and V Lynn, we're gonna get the fuck out of here because we gotta go. Yep. Uh, Josh coming up next on the Red Hill Project. Have a great night, fuckers. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching, y'all.
Fuck around and find out 